I'm thankful for God's goodness and His mercy and His grace. Amen. I hope that wearing sunshades don't offend you today because I can't see because of this bright sun. But I'm thankful for the sun. Amen. I believe the sun helps to fight off a lot of things. Amen. The real sun, Jesus Christ, and the sun that hangs in the sky. <laughs> Amen. I just want to thank you tonight before I get started for all of your prayers, your concerns, your um, thoughts, the food that you've sent. You know, that's just the church has just come together the last few weeks and and um, you have just done and loved out of your heart and cooked for us and fed us, and I'm just grateful. Amen. I can't thank you enough out of the bottom of my heart, and I know I speak for everyone here. Amen. There's other churches that have been involved, and just it's just been beautiful to see. Amen. What, what you have done for us over these last two weeks. As many of you know, I'm sure by now that we have been uh, sick from the virus. Um, I'm, I'm much better this week, and I'm thankful tonight that my wife, for the last three to four days, has greatly improved. She has been very, very sick, and I'm just thankful for everybody that has come by and prayed and just, just give out of, the, out of the goodness of your hearts. And I know that even though some of you may have not have sent things, that we've been on your hearts and you've been praying for us, and I just want to thank you tonight from the bottom of my heart. It means so much. Amen. To know that there's a church body and a people that love you and are praying for you. And I know that there are many here under the sound of my voice that have been sick and that have been going through this with us. But I'm thankful tonight that God is still the healer. Amen. I, I told somebody this week they were talking about, brother. I'm going to pick at Brother Jared a little bit. He said that he was the only one living right because he hadn't got it yet. Well, I said no. I said me, I, me and my wife got sick the same time, Brother Chris and Sister Stacy. So we we were getting it out of our system early. So we were the ones living right. Ryan George and all them at the end, I don't know about, but <laughs> Amen, Amen. But God's good, Amen. He's faithful. And uh, this week, as I just was uh, praying and just asking the God, I thought I had a word that I was going to minister. And Brother Jared sent that text out about Job and. I had started looking at that already, and just some things just went off on me. So if you'll turn with me in your Bible in the book of Job, chapter 1, I hope this afternoon that I can encourage us, amen, that we can draw strength from the life of Job and what he went through. And and just pray for me tonight because I, I, I'm a feeling 100% better, but I don't know that I'm 100% yet. Does that make sense? Amen. So I'm going to try to do the best that I can. And we'll get get what God has for us. But I just believe as I looked at that and read some of the things that Jared had sent, that God just challenged me in my spirit to dig a little deeper into some things. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time there this afternoon, but I believe it goes with, with, with what I wanted to say tonight, what God wants to say through me. Amen. So out of the book of Job, we're going to read a few passages of Scripture here this afternoon. How many are you thankful for the Word of God? Many times the Word of God's all that we have, amen, but it's all we need. And I just titled this message this afternoon, Job Handpicked. Job Handpicked. I want to read through 12 verses, beginning in verse 1. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was perfect, upright. He was one that feared God and eschewed evil. 
There was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one on his day, and sent and called for the three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feastings were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in all the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made a hedge about him? and his house, and all about what he has, that he has on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance has increased in the land. But put forth now thine hand, and touch him, all that he has, and he will, cause thee, he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in thy power, only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Father, we thank you so much, God, for your word. Lord, I pray this afternoon, God, that you would just speak to us, God, through your word. God, we trust you, Lord, today. God, we're thankful for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace, God, and all the faithfulness, God, that you have done through the years, God. We can look to your word, God, and realize that you have been faithful, God, and that you remain faithful. Lord, I pray that you would encourage us this day. Give us strength and help, God to preach this word and share about your goodness tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. <clears throat> amen. When we read this story tonight in the book of Job, over the next few verses after this that I didn't read, Job literally goes on to lose everything that he could possibly lose, everything that he had. You see, Job was a very rich and a very powerful man. He owned oxen, asses, sheep, and camels according to God's word. And the Bible said that he was the greatest man in the east. The Bible also says that he was perfect, upright, and feared God. Now he became a target of Satan. Amen. Did you hear what I said? He became a target of Satan because of his faithfulness to God. Sometimes we may not always understand why we have to face things and go through things that we'll go through, but I can tell you that God never fails us. Amen. If we're going to believe that God is faithful in the good times, then we must also believe that God is faithful in the times that we don't understand what's going on around us. Amen. I can stand before you tonight and tell you that I don't understand everything that's going Going on in this world today. Amen. Sometimes if I'm not careful, I'll begin to question, God, why are you allowing these things to happen? Amen. I'm human just as you 
are. I'm sure that that thought has run through your mind at some point or another over the last few months. Amen. But I can assure you what God is doing. Amen. He is going to get the greater glory for it if we'll hold on and we'll trust Him until the very end. Amen. <coughs> My God is faithful and He'll never fail us. Amen. The story of Job here is for us to know what can happen but how faithful God also is during these trying times. In this life, we will have to experience life as Job did at one point or another, one day at a time, without complete answers to all of life's questions. How many of you have been there? Amen. The book of Job shows a good man suffering for no apparent fault of his own. If we, were, if we are going to be unshakable, and have, we must have faith to build the confidence that God's ultimate purpose will come to pass. Amen. Through everything that's going on. When we look at this passage of Scripture, I want to read verse 8 again and bring emphasis out on this thing. The Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Hast thou considered my servant Job? You see, God's choice was Job. Amen. He was a hand-picked man. The reason that God chose Job was because he intimately knew Job. Amen. God chose Job because he knew that Job would not fail him and let him down. I said that God chose Job to face these things because he knew Job intimately. And intimately Job knew his God. Amen. So whatever the devil decided that he was going to bring his way, whatever he was going to throw at him, God already knew this is my man. His trust and his faith is in me there's nothing that's going to shake what he's going to walk through he's going to hold on amen I hope that one day when we stand before God Almighty that he can look at us all and say well done thy good and faithful servant amen you passed every test and you've made it to the glory of God amen he did not choose Job's wife he didn't choose his children. He didn't choose someone else in the day in that land because he knew, God knew, that they might have failed the test. But he chose a man named Job. Amen. He chose Job. I wonder about you and I today. Can God look down to the heavens and can he choose you? Or could he choose me and say, Satan, I know that you want to try to sift him as wheat, but I'm praying that they're going to remain faithful because they intimately know who I am and I intimately know who they are I know the pressure that they can go through I know what they can walk through I know what I can put them to allow them to go through that they'll remain true I hope that God looks at me and says that today that's my son David he's remained faithful unto me he has put his trust and hope in me devil you threw everything at him but he's still holding to my name. He's still walking upright before me. What about this church tonight? What about GFCC? Can we say that we've remained faithful? What about you tonight? 
Hast thou not made a hedge in verse 10 about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side? That's what God is saying tonight. You see, I want to declare this over this house tonight. You have blessed the works of the hands of this church, God. God, you have blessed us. You've put a hedge of protection around us. God, you've been with us. I can just see Satan as he walked to the throne room of grace and he said this coronavirus has been going on since March and here we are in August. God the hedge has been around them. The bloodline has protected them. God you hadn't let any of them get sick. It ain't fair. They won't trust you if you'll just let the hedge down. My God what if Satan walked up to the throne room of grace and he said that about this church, about you, and about me, and about others around this nation and around the world that have remained faithful. He said, God, just let the hedge down for a little bit and they'll turn their back on you. <laughs> I can see Satan pouting. He says, you think, I'm, you think I'm crazy? Church, I know this for one fact to be true. There's people a few weeks ago that had tested positive for that virus that come on this property to do something, didn't stay here long, turned around and left. And guess what? They got a negative test right after that. Why? Because the bloodline, because the grace of God. Well, you can say, well, preacher, what about now? I can tell you what about now. God is still faithful, amen. I said God is still faithful, church. We got to get that in our spirit. No matter what comes our way, our God is faithful tonight. The bloodline is still here. I want to declare it this day. We were chosen for such a time as this, just as Job was chosen. Job was chosen, chosen for that day and hour and that season and that time so that we might have this story tonight to preach and to glean from. Amen. You and I, church, were chosen for this moment in time. Did you hear what I said? He looked past all the other anointed people that's ever walked across this earth and he said, I've chosen you. I've chosen this church. I've chosen you for this day and this hour to walk through this time, to remain faithful, to lead others to me. Amen. I'm thankful. Job was chosen, but notice how God put restrictions on Job. <laughs> Not on Job, but on Satan. God put restrictions on him. In verse 12, he said, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in thy power. Only upon himself put forth not thine hand upon him. You see, that tells me that Satan can only do what God gives him the ability to do. I said, Satan, his power is limited, church, because we serve a God that knows, amen, what we're able to walk through and remain faithful in. Satan is never satisfied. He's never satisfied. Look at chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. 
The Bible says, and again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect man, an upright man, one that fears God and excuse evil, and still he holds fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause? And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man has will he give for his life, but put forth thine hand now and touch his bones. And his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So went Satan from the presence of the Lord, and smote Job with sore bulls from the soles of his foot unto his crown of his head. You see, once again a conversation takes place in heaven about this man Job. I hope today that there's a conversation being made in heaven about you and I in our churches around this nation that have not bowed down. Amen. I hope God can talk about me and my faithfulness to him above everything else that's been wrong in my life. You see, Satan is never satisfied. He's always wanting more. You see, just that one trip to heaven when he talked to God, uh, oh, about putting some afflictions on this man's life, that wasn't enough for Satan. Isn't that just like him? Uh, amen. We give him a little bit in our life and he's always wanting more. Amen. If it's uh, to do with sin, uh, that's the way Satan is. He comes against us with an attack uh, and he tries to steal, kill, and destroy. We give him a little bit, a little inch, amen, and the next thing, he's become a ruler in our life. Amen. You better stop the enemy when he first begins to try to tempt you into sin or anything that would bring you out of the presence of God. You see, God added some things from chapter 1 and verse 8 that I want to point out in chapter 2. And it's found in verse 3. I love this. Amen. This is what he said. He said everything was the same that he said in chapter 1 till he gets to this part where he says God, where he says he eschews evil. But look what he said. And still he holds fast his integrity. Although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Somebody say, and still. And still. After all. You took from my man Job after every affliction that you've brought his way, after everything that he's lost, after all that he lost, his family, his loved ones, his cattle, his finances, his livestock, everything that you took from him, Satan. I can look at that man and I can say, and still, and still tonight, can God look at his church tonight? Everything that's gone wrong in our lives, everything that is a, is in a mess and say, but still they hold fast their integrity although you've tried to move me against them to destroy them without cause they've held their integrity and they serve me that's what tonight church we must be 
about the Father's business in those areas. So God can look at us and stay, and still they hold fast their integrity. You see, God never took anything from Job. I want to make you understand that tonight. God never took anything from Job, but he allowed access to Satan to everything that Job had with limitations. <coughs> again, <coughs> Satan begins to request something from God. And once again, God puts limitations on Satan. Look at verse 6. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he's in thine hand, but save his life. See, God put a limit on Satan. Behold, he's in your hand, but save his life. Whew. Church, that tells me that God's in a control of a life that is surrendered unto him. Did you hear what I said? Now listen to me. I understand the reality of what we're facing. I understand the reality that death could be knocking at the door. But can we believe God enough in His Word to be true to know that if that affliction comes our way, that it wasn't Satan that did it to us if we're walking upright and holy before God that God according to what I just read out of the scripture has to allow it to come our way then if he allows it to come our way then he's going to get the glory out of it did you hear what I said if God allows it to come our way then he's got a plan to get the glory out of it God cannot touch a life that is surrendered unto him according to the scripture we just read we can learn Great lessons from Job's life. Knowing God is better than knowing answers. <laughs> that's kind of tough, isn't it? But that's the truth. Knowing God is better than knowing the answers. to you, If you could trade everything right now and you could give up your salvation for every answer to know this, you'd still be lost one day. But if you can hold on to know God and a relationship with Him, then no matter what answers come our way, we will have prevailed in the end knowing God because we're going to stand before Him one day on a judgment day. Amen? You see, God is not arbitrary or uncaring. When you read this story tonight, if you're not careful, the devil will tell you, well, God just didn't care about Job. you got to read the end of the story. Amen. God always cares about His people. God knows where we're standing. God's love towards you and I is unchangeable. No matter what circumstances come our way, we got to look past the circumstances and look to Him because He knows all the answers. All we can see is in a glass darkly. Amen. But God knows what's on the other side of this thing. We must trust Him. Pain is not always punishment. Pain is not always punishment, church. Just because we go through painful experiences, that doesn't mean it's punishment from our God. Pain is part of the process to get out of us what God is after to begin with. Sometimes we have to go through pain to get there. From this story of Job, we also learn 
that Satan is allowed to pursue an agenda that he has. Listen to me now. He's allowed to provoke, but in the end, the enemy's plan serves God's purposes. Yes, amen, that's good, amen. What what the enemy's trying to do, although God is allowing him to do it, God's going to turn it around, amen. He's going to do a 360, I like that, amen, because Tanner and Elaney's baby, he'll be fine one minute, and then all of a sudden he's crying, so they nicknamed him 360. But that's what God does. Amen. The devil thinks he's getting somewhere. He thinks everything's going his way, Brother Michael. And all of a sudden, God does a 360 on him, and he don't know what hit him. And he says, my God, where did that come from? God is faithful. The enemy serving God's purposes when he works his plan. What God was allowing to take place in Job's life was not for God or for him to watch take place but it was and it was not even to give satan what he wanted but it was for the purpose of what god wanted to get out of job's life we must believe that church god was trying to get the good out of job during this time of crushing and the same is with you and with me in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 8, the Bible speaks of the beginning of sorrows, or we say the birth pains. Certain things must happen to cause God's big picture to come to pass. Certain things must happen to bring about Israel's redemption in this end time plan. It will most likely not happen in the manner that the church has envisioned it to happen. <laughs> What if I told you that birth pains and process are about getting his people, that's us, to the place that we're supposed to be? This process that we're going through now is bringing us to the place, church, that God has all the time desired us to be. Although the enemy's at work in all of this, and he's afflicting and bringing suffering and bringing pain into lives, amen, if we'll hold on to God and trust in him, he's going to turn things around on our behalf, amen, and he's going to get the glory out of us because he's going to bring us to the place where he can use us to excel so that God can get everything out of us that he desires to give. You see, birth pains in times. Also, birth pains is part of our life. You think about the birth of a baby and the process of birth. That process of birth is to force that child into the birth canal. And otherwise, the child would be content to remain in the familiarity of that womb without the birth pains. Without contractions, that baby would just stay put because that's a comfortable place. But against that baby's will, he is being forced into a place that he's never been before. Church, I can tell you what we've been going through the last few weeks and months. It's certainly uncomfortable. It's certainly not something that we shout about. And we can lift our hands and say, glory to God. Thank you for everything that's going on. No siree, it's tough. But I can assure 
assure you, amen, that it's part of the process that God is getting ready to birth something in his church, amen, like never before. It's a place that we've never been before. And to get to that place, we got to face some things that we've never faced before. The church in America has had it easy for so long, amen. I believe Brother Michael said that in his message last Sunday when I was listening, amen. We might have had it too easy too long, but God is allowing us to go through that process, amen. The, the, the contractions have already begun to take place, and now we are being moved into the birth canal, and something is about to be born. But it's against that baby's will. Can I say to you today that we too are being forced by the Holy Ghost into some places that is very uncomfortable and in a place that we've never been before. If this process, I want you to listen to this part right here. If this process does not take place, that womb that has brought life, has brought nurturement to that baby that once gave life will eventually become the tomb that takes that life. If that baby stays in that mother's womb past that time of birth, that womb becomes a tomb and it'll bring death. Church, we can't stay where we've been any longer. The glory of God has come upon this house, has come upon our lives, and God has raised us. We hadn't understood everything. How did we get to where we are? How did we get all of this? How did God raise up us to be in this place where we are? Now, as the contractions have begun on our lives, and God is bringing us out of a place of that womb that has been so comfortable for so long to many of us, and now it's time for us to move. It's time for us to get forth and to give life to those around us that need it. If we stay in that womb past the time, it will become a tomb and bring death to us. <coughs> don't let your womb become a tomb, church. I don't want my womb to become a tomb. Suffering and persecution will likely increase in the days to come. Remember Jesus' words, but he who endures until the end shall be saved, Matthew 24 and 13, amen. It's time to endure until the end, church. We're about to bring forth something that's going to bring life to many that are dead. First Peter 2 and 9 says this, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Remember, Israel wasn't chosen because they were great, well-populated, or powerful, but they were chosen because they were few and they were weak. Listen, despite me and all my failures, he chose me for such a time as this. He chose you for such a time as this. We are all weak in our own power, but we are called to do great things. Today, now, 
in the middle of a pandemic. We can only do it how? Empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're weak within ourselves and will not be able to accomplish anything. Amen. But through the power of the Holy Ghost, all things are possible to them that believe. One is not born again just to sit on a pew or in this case, out on a chair or in your vehicle. Amen. And collect information from the preacher. But you're called and you're born at this time to go forth and share revelation of the Messiah. Amen. To reach those that are not lovable and to see the unredeemable redeemed in this day and hour. Troubles and trials and difficulties is a method which we come out ready to be set apart and to serve the purpose in which we were created. Amen. Whoever's going to play for us this afternoon can come on as I prepare to close. I said troubles and trials and difficulties is a method in which we come out ready to be set apart to serve the purpose in which we were created for. Amen. I want you to look with me now in the book of Job. I want to turn to chapter 38. And I want to read just a few passages of Scripture here. As Job, like any man, would begin to question God and why his life turned out the way that it had. Listen to some of the things that God says to him. I'm just going to read 12 verses, but I encourage you to read this entire chapter when you get home or at some time this week. God begins to speak to Job, and he says this, The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words? Without knowledge, gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Church, let me just let you know tonight, amen, when God created the foundations of this earth, he had you and me in his mind today, and this pandemic didn't catch God by any surprise, amen. He knows everything that's going on, and he knows our very being he knows tomorrow he knows our future he knows what the ending shall be from the beginning amen God has purposed in his heart to look over his people my Bible tells me that the footsteps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord nothing else is going to change that church we must hold on to that word from God he said where were you Job when I laid the foundations of the earth Declare if thou understandest. Who has laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or how has, who has stretched the line upon it? God said, who pulled out a measuring tape to tell me how far one side went to the other? You weren't there, Job, when I created this thing. Where was you? Who hath laid the measures thereof? Whereupon has the foundations fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy who shut up the sea and the doors when it break forth as issued out of the womb when I made the cloud the garment thereof and thick darkness a, a swaddling band for it and break it up for my decree and placed it and set bars uh, upon the doors he said hitherto shalt thou come but not forth here shall thou be proud waves stayed he said seas you're able to go so and so 
so far but your waves are going to crash where I tell them to stop and you'll not be able to go any further I can tell you tonight church my God's able to point to this pandemic tonight and say that's as far as you're allowed to go or he can say I'm going to allow you to go to such and such place but it's our responsibility to remain faithful to God that created the heavens and the earth because we weren't around when he did it church hast thou commanded the morning since thy days and caused the day spring to know his place my God our God our God is powerful church he said Job you wasn't around when I told the sun to come up and when I tell it to sit he said I did all of that I created the heavens the earth the clouds and listen to me God speaks to Job again he asks him these questions now look in Job chapter 42 I want to read 10 through 17 and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before somebody say Job got twice as much then came there unto him all his brethren all his sisters and all they that had been of his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house and they, de they bemoaned him comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him every man also gave him a piece of money and every one an earring of gold so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than the beginning for he had 14,000 sheep 6,000 camels and a thousand yoke of oxen a thousand she asses and he had also seven sons and three daughters and he called the name of the first he goes on and says calls out their names my Bible's so wet I can't read out of it. But the last verse says that Job died being old and full of days. Amen. I said Job got everything back and then some. The Lord blessed the latter end more than the beginning. I believe this for you and I church and this church and every church that has remained faithful through this thing that we will be blessed in the end if we will follow after the Lord and trust in Him. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over this church and over every person here, those watching on the internet, Facebook, however you may hear this word, that fear may have come and gripped our lives. There may be things going on around us that we don't understand, but I can tell you that hadn't changed the God that we serve. Amen. God is still on the throne. Father, I thank you tonight, God, for the precious word of God that you have given us, God. Lord, that we might read, that we might live, that we might understand, God, that we're not the only ones facing things in this world, but that, God, that you have allowed things to come our way, God, to prepare us for what you desire for us to be, to prepare us for who we need to be, God, for this final work that must go forth, God. Don't allow us to stay in the comfort zone of that womb, God, any longer. But, God, as you bring forth that birth process, God, as we go through these difficult places, these trials, God, Lord, I pray that you would help us to come out, God, ready to fight and ready to do what you've called and asked us to do like never before God don't allow us to stay in our womb until it becomes a tomb God but bring us out and bring us forth in Jesus name amen and amen
If you need prayer while they sing these songs or you want to come pray, these altars are open tonight. Amen.